We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Aaron Judge is back. Hometown discount. Scott, he, he wanted to stay in New York, so he took less money to stay with the Yankees. Poor man's going to be out uh, you know, collecting change out there because he's only signed for $40 million a year. Highest ever annual value for a position player. Hey, good for him, man. Look, I'm, I'm glad this whole thing's over, to be honest. The last night was a roller coaster of emotions, as everybody uh, knows, who has, has Twitter, John Heyman coming out there. You know, reporting on what he thought were good, credible uh, sources for the way that Judge was going to sign. Obviously, they were wrong, which very thankful because, um, yeah, I think it would have been a catastrophe. I think it would have been a catastrophe. I think that the Yankees absolutely know that. And that's why we hear about, you know, Hal and, uh, you know, going direct and making sure that he was the guy talking to Judge, getting those final questions in and, and essentially closing the deal or giving the okay. You knew you knew that that uh, Steinbrenner understood how important this signing was. This this man in particular uh, to this team, the fan base, the city. Um, it was uh, it was to me beyond baseball. Uh, you had to sign it. You had to do the thing. You had to make sure, as the New York Yankees, you could not let Aaron Judge, the face of your franchise, go anywhere else. You just couldn't. Yeah, because no matter what they else what else they did this offseason, had they not re-signed Judge, it, it, it would not have been a successful offseason in most, if not everyone's mind, going into next year. So it, it was a must, as we talked about 
every episode since he since the season ended, and especially in that that GM episode. So the Heyman the Heyman fake report that he went to the Giants, that Arson sent, Judge, Arson Judge, that sent it. people into a into a spiral, into a dark place. I know you said he, you know, do you believe there was? How, how, why did he report that? Because I think that he did get credible information. It was just credible fake information. Honestly, it's really hard to to identify what these guys, what makes these guys do the things that they do. Because it seems seemingly every single trade deadline, every single off season, they're all racing to be the first guy to be the the credited source. Uh, you know, I don't know if they have roster bonuses themselves that are built around these types of things because of the social it's media bragging frenzy. Right. It's bragging rights. Whatever. I bet there's a monetary incentive as well. But the the fact is, is that they're all trying to be first. That Like they are. They're trying to be first. And I think sometimes what that does is, is it will push you to believe something that maybe isn't all the way there. Maybe it's, you know, one less checkpoint that you normally would do. I don't know. Maybe he got bad information from somebody that just says that his sources aren't as good as he thinks they are. I don't know what it was, but it was a definitive report from a from a quote unquote uh you know reputable reputable source in the baseball space and it was flat out wrong. Flat out wrong. So um I don't know I I don't know if he got bad information to me that's just like okay your relationship with your source it's it's not where it used to be maybe it's not where it should be um but it was a bad job. It was a bad job by John Heyman because it was definitive. And this was the largest free agent that has gone on the market in a very long time after an MVP season in the biggest market in baseball. And he completely screwed it up. And, and, uh, and yeah, they're, you know, some seemingly when you talk to both sides on the, on the team side, they were all very much saying, haven't heard, haven't heard, haven't heard. So at that point, you know, they're 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 basically coming out and saying the report is dog shit, um, and and he just looks like an ass. What and if he? Got how it? can you possibly believe anything he says from now on? Well, they will because he's got a big following and he's still a direct connection to Boris. Like he gets he gets. I know this is not a Boris situation, but especially on Boris signings, Heyman is usually one of the first because he's got he's got a a direct connection there. But what if this was a what is it if this was information from the judge camp to set you know, set a fire under the Yankees ass because apparently the Giants came with their big offer of nine years and 360 million, which has ended up what judge signing for 40 million a year. And the Yankees offer on the table to judge was what was it? Eight years and 320 million, which is, you know, also 40 million a year, but the, the, the year was what was one less. And so what if the, the judge camp leaked this information what they probably maybe said was we're going to take the giants offer unless the yankees come back and match it maybe they said something like that and Heyman just misunderstood and and said okay they're taking the giants offer i just but don't what understand if they use this as leverage to get the yankees because what i don't think they needed Hal, it. i don't think they needed to i do think that. they did i think they did need to no, do it because how immediately reacted he called judge and said what do you need to sign as a yankee i need a ninth year Okay, done. You're assuming that he reacted based on a, 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 a fucking John Heyman. Wasn't report. there? No, hold on. Wasn't there reports? Weren't guys saying that when that news was going around, when Heyman tweeted that, the Yankees people at the winter meetings were freaking out? Because I'm they sure they would be. I'm sure they would be. And and maybe there was a reaction to just like spark the conversation again. And but my point is that I don't know. I don't think it was necessary. I think that 
from what we've all heard, how was going to come back with a counter, no matter what it was. And that was, that was what they had said they were going to do. So, you know, whether, whether it sparked it to like, you know, make the call faster and just to ramp up the process, but it didn't seem like judge needed that to happen because he always knew that he could go back and, and get a, uh, either a match or, or, you know, tell him what the terms are. Because at the end of the day, the reported conversation was, yeah, exactly. You needed that ninth year. Give me one more year. And, and that's it. But the, the heart of the question was, do you want to be a Yankee? Do you want to be a Yankee? And, and the answer was, yes, give me the, give me that year and, uh, and let's dance. And that's what happened. So I, like, I understand what you're saying. And, and, and maybe there was a tactic in there, um, which wouldn't surprise me, but, um, I don't think it was necessary because I think that the Yankees were always going to come back and, and do one, one more, you know, it's like price is right. Give me one more. Yeah, give it match it or, match. Or, or 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 go or go up because if your heart is here, this is where you want to be. Then you know it should be easy to figure that out. But what if in the initial negotiations, you know, Judge is saying, "I do want to be a Yankee," but there was also a thought among the Yankees that if they're not the at least matching bid, that he would sign elsewhere, even though he wants to be a Yankee. If the Giants are offering an extra year and an extra $40 million, that he would take the Giants offer, even if that's not his first choice because the contract is better. I think so, that's part of the gamesmanship. I think that's exactly where, I think, first of all, let me let me say this. I think the judge judge and judge camp uh, played this absolutely perfect. They, they played it absolutely perfect. If he always wanted to be a New York Yankee and that was exactly where he wanted to be, he did not let that card you know, uh, you know, leave his, uh, close to the chest, um, at, really at all. There was, there was not a ton of reports a lot of the reports were, yeah, San Francisco was definitely in the mix. And if that really wasn't the thing, you, he did a very good job in, in driving this up because I think it was a thing. I think that was, I think that if the Yankees were not willing to make the offer that they did, I, I mean, i I believe he would have signed with the giants, especially if they're offering nine and three sixty. Well, no, I think that that was, they were serious. I'm not saying that they weren't serious, and I'm not saying that he wasn't serious about them. But his first choice was always the New York Yankees. Yeah. His that, that's where he wanted to be at the end of the day. And I, I don't think that was, you know, that wasn't necessarily out there. Obviously, you you can't be going out and saying that when you're going into a negotiation uh, and you're and you're you're talking to other teams. It would be disingenuous. It wouldn't make sense. So of course you have to keep those things. But they did a very good job in a world where everything leaks. Uh, they did a very good job in keeping a lot of the stuff close to the vest. And, and, you know, playing, playing the negotiations exactly right all the way from the beginning, from, from, you know, the time he himself. landed when he landed, well, when they, certainly when he bet on himself, because if you think about yeah, from, what I'm saying, go back down. to the beginning of the season, the way the judge right. played this whole thing, I mean, it's $150 million or $140 million, right guys? Cause it was, what was the offer at, in spring training at the end of spring seven training? and seven and two thirteen two thirteen Okay. Yeah. So. It was thirty-two. It was like thirty-three-ish million a year. So we basically yeah. got another eight million AAV and plus another, another year. Two, uh, two, two years. years. Two years. Two years. Yeah. yeah. So, so seven seven at forty is is uh, seven times four is two eighty, right? So that's yeah, that's what it would have been if it was the same AAV. He he did exactly what he should have done. He did exactly well. Maybe I don't know if you you could say that he what he should have done because that's a large gamble on yourself. But he did it, and he was <laughs> paid off. And it paid, paid off. off. Yeah. Um, so yes, they he played it right from from there. From there, there was some stuff going on yesterday uh, that I think we're sending people, you know, into dark places. Uh, specifically about how it was resurfacing that Judge was upset about how Cashman leaked the contract offer. So where did that come from, guys? Time. It was time athlete of the year. 
It was the, uh, it was the, it was the article around his man of the year award, right? Was yeah. that a direct quote from judge or yeah. Yep. So, because when we talked to Andy Martino a few weeks ago or a month ago, and then also others have reported like judge and, and Cashman were on the same page about communicating the exact terms of the deal that he turned down. So clearly that's not the case that judge was upset and he was salty about that. So what what this is 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 Aaron Judge playing the team card, probably not trying to make any any uh, you know any big deal before the season at that point. So going along with it, even though Cashman, who historically has done this to piss people off, did it again apparently. And you know, obviously a conversation between them, or maybe maybe it wasn't so much with Cash Cashman this time around because we know that Hal had to go in there and, and close the deal. You know, I don't know how much of this, it's, it's just the timing of this is so ironic because Cashman gets his new shiny four-year deal and then Hal comes in to close the deal uh, with the franchise player. Cashman has not really been historically a good negotiator with his own talent. With outside talent, like for guys he wants, like what he did for Sabathia, what he did for Garrett Cole, like he he gets, he goes out and he gets his guy and he, he wines and dines them and he woos them to the Yankees. But when it's your own talent, like going back to the Derek Jeter negotiations and everything, he's he's kind of a dick. Well, you can't really wine and dine your own player after they've been here for a round. There's not a lot of things. They but you don't, don't have to be a point. dick. You don't have to be a dick. <laughs> you don't have to be a dick. Well, fine. But at the same time, you know, he's playing his game. Um, it, it's just, I think that you're right with not uh, a good game because clearly it's pissing the players off and that's not a good thing. With the negotiations of the the players, and it didn't work work for Cano either. Don't forget that it 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 did not work for Cano. They didn't. It's that one didn't even seemingly like they they were they had the pulse of the situation to be honest. So at least at this time, and and maybe it took Hal to step in and take a larger role in this. I'm not saying Cashman wasn't involved. Of course he was involved. But and I, and I'm I'm glad I'm glad Hal took the initiative to go out there and and do this because that name brings weight. Hal's phone call brings weight. It does. It's it, it's different. This is this is something that George would do. George would call, would close the deal at what it what it never took. Would, never would have gotten to this point. He would have. It would not have gotten to this point. But he would have taken the initiative and made sure yeah. that that he uh, he got the guy that he wanted and made sure that um, you know it was a, it was a done deal. So I'm I'm happy that Hal did that and and set the uh, you know set the set the bar where it needed to be and signed the guy. They, they at the end of the day they were very clear with each other when at the, on the on the final hour and the both I think both parties went along with what they said we will give you the highest dollar amount I will accept your offer I want to be a Yankee and it was always a match uh, on the how uh, coming over Cashman's head to to negotiate that ninth year do you think Cashman's cool with that yes why do you think he's cool with that because I think that he understands that it's a it's part of it's part of his arsenal. The the Steinbrenner family is part of what he has at his disposal to close deals. So if you go in there and not use that Steinbrenner name, to me, you're not using everything you can. If you have the owner of the team make a personal phone call and have them have a personal phone conversation, that is a that is a that's a strong move. It's a it's a you know you 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 don't get higher than that. You can hear exactly what you want to hear if you're judge, whether it's positive or negative about. You as a player, the way that the team feels about you, you can hear everything. You know the buck stops with Hal Steinbrenner. So I think that um, that no, I think if if Cashman were to say, you know, he was upset by that move, that would that would reflect poorly on him because that's part of the recruiting process. It's part of the closing process is getting the owner involved. No, yeah, I'm not suggesting that he's upset about that. I think he's okay with it because if you go back to the press conference that he had 
for the end of season press conference, he even alluded to that the judge decision is beyond him. This is yeah. this is an ownership decision. When you're talking about that level of player and He's that right. level of money, that's an ownership decision. So at that point, it's out of his hands, right? Either the owner is going to be good with a ninth year or not good with a ninth year. Yeah. And at the end of the day, this is what we had been talking about for the past, I don't know, a month and a half. Uh, I've I've brought up the delta between the the whatever the cost of of um, you know what he's going to get at San Francisco or, or or elsewhere and what the Yankees would be willing to go up to. And at the end of the day, the difference was just never worth it ever. It was never worth it. And I think that's that's at the end of that's what this is. The all whether it's nine or ten years, they're still looking at a, a, a they're looking well, eight at or, eight or eight or nine years. Uh, yeah, sorry, eight or nine years. They're looking at a. Uh, championship in the first three to four years, right? Like no matter what, that's that, what we that, said when they signed Cole. But that's, that's what you, that's how you have to evaluate these contracts at the end of the contracts. They're never worth it ever. So if you're, you, you have to secure the player by adding the other year, you just have to understand that. First of all, you need to load the team up in those first three to four years, give yourself the best opportunity to win a championship in that point. And then, you know, you're, you're, you have a, a guy with a massive name, that that is going to be named captain of this team as we all expect and probably sooner than later. Like oh, yeah, what's with the this captain, guy goes beyond the captain it, report? Who, it goes who, beyond. So that delta was never not worth it. Was it, what's the captain situation? Is, Nightingale reported it that it which, part of the part of So the I saw from Curry also like the the fact that they mm-hmm. were uh talking about this and Curry would expect it to be happening. Um, at at some point in the near future, no, in the near future, I don't know if that means cool. a year, a right. week, three months. I don't you, know. You got nine years, right? So cool, great, love it. Don't put the C on the jersey, please, right. judge. Yeah, I saw. Don't I saw put your the note. C you on wanna, the jersey. That gives me tool bag Jason Veritek vibes. Okay, <laughs> I fucking hate Jason Veritek. One of my all time most hated Red Sox. The stupid C on his chest pissed me off to no end. Be Derek Jeter, just like the rest of you guys. Yes, I'm the captain. Just like the rest of you guys, there's nothing different about my uniform versus your your uniform. The only difference about Aaron Judge's uniform is that it's a quad XL and everyone else's is a normal size. Didn't Molina have a C on uh, on his chest as well, which I think, I think so. look look cool for him. <laughs> but you know what? But does it does it uh, does it compete with a Nike swoosh? So maybe not. Maybe there's a maybe there's something in the contract. But don't saying, no, you, no. Do, would you want him to have the C on the, the C on his chest? Because I I don't think it's a good look. I don't care. I don't care. It's traditionally not there, so. You know, we'll default to tradition with the Yankees. Um, Here, enter the Nike swoosh comments because that's that's what people see on the front of the jerseys now. Yeah, but I think I, real quick, I do think they should do it before the season. Just do it. There's no reason not to. He's going to be that guy. Why not do it now? You should do it. Um. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean. You can't just you, wait for that, a championship or anything. Well, no, you can't. At this point, you can't wait for a championship because the championship might never come. And then, so, right. like, you're going to wait until 2026 and then you're just going to finally give it. No, that's so. not precedent either. There's no precedent for waiting for that. Yeah. Mattingly, Mattingly. Mattingly. I mean, there was uh, like nine guys Willie in Randall. the 80s that got that got Willie the Randall captaincy that, that, yeah. that, that uh, didn't win championships. So, yeah, you probably do it in, in um, you know, sometime in spring training, right? I think so. I think before the season, you anoint him captain. He walks into the season. Captain of the New York Yankees, shiny new contract. He's here for the duration of his career. The judges' chambers can stay <laughs> in in where they are. That was risky. Um, and oh, yeah, and risky. And that's risky. it. Would have been would have been demolished in forty minutes. 
No, just the premise of having something like that year one was risky. Oh yeah, it was like the first. Ho- it was like the. First I remember talking trip. about that. I remember talking <laughs> they about went on that. one road trip. They came yeah. back. Judges, I'm like, y- it's funny because by doing what they did at that point, I remember saying this on the podcast. You know, at that what was that 2016, 2017, 17, 17 is when it happened. So like you just you almost got rid of your leverage at that point. Like you 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 put you put this gimmicky thing in Yankee Stadium, which never happened in the past. But they needed gimmicks in 2017. Remember That's the fine. beginning of 2017? You, they needed gimmicks. But you showed your hand right then how important this guy was to the franchise. Yeah, I remember talking about it at that point. Then why and, are you dicking you know, him around this year? To like you know not signing him in spring training, just just sign him in spring training. The Yankees. If they just made, so where do you I believe- think that that's an interesting conversation? Where that disconnect was before the season, like were they really trying to get some kind of a bargain bin uh, offer compared to what, or they just didn't have a temp? A I don't even. Th- I don't even think. I don't even think the offer that they made him was a bargain bin at the time. I we were we were saying like that's a pretty competitive offer for a guy who has injury history. It's, yes, he's one of the best players in the league, but like he has injury history, so there's a risk there. He he's going to be deep into his thirties. I think it was more botched in the timing of everything. It was talked about from the the beginning of last offseason, going into spring training, about negotiating with Judge. I Wasn't it Hal that said their top priority in spring training of 2022 was negotiating a contract with Aaron Judge, and then they wait the entirety of spring training until the very last minute to actually have serious negotiations? That's botched, in my opinion. That should be handled in February. I mean, you know, I agree with you. the 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 fact that they they waited as long as they did, totally agree. Um, market price, obviously, they did not the lockout. De- okay, the lockout delayed things. The but lockout still, did delay things. The the moment they're back and and can can freely talk to one another, there was plenty of time in March to get this done. You did not need to wait until the day of opening day and the night before opening day to have these talks. And so, if I think the talks happened at a better time. And even if it was a similar offer to the the seven years or if it was eight years or something, they could have, in reality, saved themselves probably $100 million. Yeah. So it's fine. I was uh, driving into work this morning and I had on uh, ESPN radio and uh, Mac Kellerman was talking about this. He kept calling it a stupid tax, which I thought was kind of funny because it is essentially it's the, the luxury being- tax. No, no, the 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 extra hundred plus million dollars that the Yankees oh, pay oh, here is, is their their stupid tax. They're dumb. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, he had a he had a good point in saying that like don't that hundred million dollars like don't don't let that don't let that hundred million plus dollars not satisfy the type of team that we need on the field because right. you were you were jackasses and and waited as long as you did and botched the negotiation. I'm glad and you like, brought that, that up because that needs to be part of. You still need to surround this man with uh, with a team that is is you know has the caliber of winning a championship and you're gonna have to spend money to do that right because they brought back rizzo great obviously brought back judge fantastic they signed canely which is a you know interesting signing we're going to talk about him in a second but if unless there's more <laughs> logan's pumped because he he wanted canely uh but if unless you make more changes to this team how excited can you really realistically be going into next year i mean i'm excited okay this this team in the beginning of the season, this first half, it wasn't the beginning of the season. It was the first half of the you season. Think, the you best. think that's the real team and not the second half, which was I think they got as long better. as the first half. I, and I think they got better. I think they got better on paper in the second in the second half by adding the people that they added. I, I think they got well, demolished. What if Benintendi's not back? By some injuries. You're right. Well, they have to uh, they have to figure that out. Left field needs to be either Benintendi 
or another bat that that is uh, you know a, a high on base percentage, low strikeout guy, whatever that is. Give me if it's Nimmo, if it's if it's Benintendi, uh, whatever that looks like. But give me a left fielder that that um, fits that bill. You know, with Bader a full year. Uh, who knows what with Montas if if he's actually a real player and not that's obviously uh, just an damaged factor. goods. There's yeah. there's a lot of things that can still. I think they, they their roster if fully healthy actually was better, but they weren't fully healthy. Obviously, um, we'll see with Lemayhu. Shortstop there's definitely some things figured out. You need to have a decision on shortstop. Yeah, I I mean, look, do you think they're still in the market for a shortstop? Because I don't. No, I, mean, I, I know in your plan you still have this. Meaning there needs to be some direction at shortstop. It can't just be we're going to have IKF at shortstop and and let's see what happens with the rookies. You need to you need to it's figure that out. It's not going to be that. It's not going to be that. There will be a quote camp battle and Anthony Volpe will win and he will be the shortstop. That's what's going to happen. Okay, so you've still got ancient Josh Donaldson at third base and you potentially yeah. don't have an actual left fielder. Hey, go call Colorado and do the deal that Ilya and I told you about, and uh, and we'll be fine. Be all good. All good. Get rid of Donaldson. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I would also like, I mean, they were in on, they were in talks with Verlander before Verlander signed with the Mets. And I would have loved Justin Verlander on that two-year deal with an option. Like, like, come on, that's perfect for the Yankees right now. Yeah, I mean, smack a $40 million uh, price tag on top of what we currently have. So what? I just, I don't know if they're going to go that high. I really don't. I just, I don't know. I, don't if you, I mean, if they're going to be in on Radon, if they're going to be in on an actual starting pitcher, it's, I mean, it's not going to cost $40 million, but it's going to cost a crap ton and more years. At least if you were in on Verlander and you wanted to do the two-year with an option on Verlander, yes, the annual value of that is a huge hit to the current luxury tax situation, but it's a short-term thing. You're out of it in a couple of years. Yeah, no, I mean, I understand the uh, the premise of the short term deal and and going after it, and and yeah, in theory it works because they they do need to hit this shorter window for them to capitalize on uh, a lot of these longer contracts. So it does make sense. But I think also a guy like um, Rondon still fits the bill. He's a damn good pitcher. You can get him for a longer period of time, which does help you sustain, uh, you know, putting out a a a better team that gives you a higher percentage of chance for multiple years. I mean, I get it, Verlander's. Cy Young winner. He's still at the top of his game, pushing 40 years old. I think there's a, there is a lot of risk with him. Still, new arm. He's got a new arm. He's got a new arm. Fine. But um, at some point, those uh, two-story, two-story beer bunks are going to come back. To Isn't he already 40 years old? Verlander is already 40 he's years 39 old. 39 right? or 40. He's pushing 40 if he's not there already. 
So the Fangraphs has Fangraphs has Yankees luxury tax projected for next season at two sixty six and a half million, which is a little bit under the third penalty of two seventy three million. And so that's not a ton of room if they do want to stay under that third penalty, which uh, Logan and I did not stay under that third penalty, but you two did stay under that third penalty in your GM plans. The fourth penalty is two ninety three. So there's a ton of room before the fourth, the quote Steve Cohen tax. But then coming off the books in 2024 is Severino, Donaldson, Bader, Montes, IKF, and Peralta. So that brings it down without arbitration estimates to about 170 million. So with arbitration estimates, you're back up to say 215 ish, 220 ish million. And then you're obviously going to have to replace Severino, Donaldson, Bader, Montes, IKF, and Peralta by either re-signing those guys or finding players to replace them that cost money. But two you, premium, three premium positions also: center field, third base, starting pitcher. But you, but but what I'm saying is you have flexibility even with Judge's 40 million to after next year have another offseason in which you can move a lot of players around and make some signings. Which is why, again, like I think the Verlander, something like Verlander, I would love Rodon. I would, I would have loved Verlander, but a, a Verlander type contract would have given them that flexibility sooner than later. Where if you sign Rodon, it's not going to be forty million, but it's going to be thirty. I don't know what is what is the estimated contract on on Carlos Rodon going right now, like based like on everything. 30. Else. Thirty a year for six, what? Seven years. Six seven years. Six, six for one eighty. So. You know, yes, you could have 10 million less, or it's actually like 13 million less than Verlander on the annual payroll, but you're locked in for that for that longer term. Which could be looked at as a very good thing for a pitcher who, you know, as long as he pitches like he uh, like he did last year. Yeah, of course. Uh, I want that guy. Give me that guy. Give me that guy all day long. So look, and at the end of the day, if you're gonna replace Josh Donaldson, you're which you are at that point, whether it's shipping off that contract in some in some creative way this offseason or waiting until it's over. You're you're not going to improve the position without either staying pretty close to that dollar amount or going up, right? I mean, there's options within the organization already. Like, hopefully, so DJ- you have to win with young talent. Essentially, you have to be right with some young talent to really lower that, because otherwise, you're going out to market. Yes, that's and you're going to be for any team, but you're going to be on par. My point is, is that you just replace those names. That's all you're doing is replacing those names with other names. The cost of that's not going to be much lower. So you're still looking to improve, but you're not really spending less money with the same amount of players. That's I, I just, I think it's well, okay, a little bit of then a, the a way, little bit of a mirage that there's this, this, this money is coming off the books unless, you know, if Volpe is the real deal and he comes up, if uh, you know, if you, you can find, if one of these guys can slot over to second base and he becomes a real deal for a longer period of time. Now you may, you, you have more manageable money that's controlled. I don't know what Bader is going to get once he's a free agent, but again, he's going to, he's, he, that will be, an increase, not a decrease. That would be an increase in contract if you re, if you were to re-sign him to a longer deal. But center field is a premium position. They're not going to dick around and and not sign a center fielder if if Bader is not the guy. They've right? got Aaron Hicks for another nine years. <laughs> yeah, well, they so they're the, in theory that number is going to go up because of uh. So of, the way you're the talking, position. you're the way you're talking is there's not a lot of flexibility and Judge right. forty million instead of thirty five million or something only hinders that even more. $5 million. So they, no, I, I, no, my point is, is that I don't think the luxury tax in this next three to four years is going to be as much of an issue with the Yankees paying what they need to pay. I think they, well, then they better, then they better treat it like not an issue this offseason. You, you can't yes, say agreed. we got totally judge. Agreed. 
We got Judge, great. Now let's see what happens next year. No, you can't do that. There's really Unless quality they players get creative. to be had right now. And that's where that's where that Donaldson type of move makes sense. If they were able to finagle a Donaldson move that allows them to get out of that money, um, you know, for that type of player in a, in a creative way, like I could see that happening. I really could. I could see but that happening. The, but in your creative way, it was bringing on money. It was bringing on money. But you're also you're also you're also filling a spot that was also for uh, a left fielder. So again, slotting in a a cheaper third baseman option. They have flexibility, I think, this year. But you go into the next year and you're looking at where those spots are going to be. You're going to have to fill those spots, multiple spots. Yeah, the, yeah. The, so with the, so Judge's contract through the 2031 season, he'll be 39 years old. It's interesting because Cole's contract is through 2028. Stan's contract is through 2027 with an option for 2028. So Judge in 2028 will be 36 years old. So that's when they're you know eyeing the DH spot being opened up for for Judge at 36. So we're looking at the next few years until his you know his age 31 through 35 season of still playing right field. Makes sense, right? I mean, doesn't that make sense? I think that you're looking at you're looking at what another three to four, maybe three years of like peak judge. That's what they're 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 hoping they're banking on. Are you then, ready for fans to be to be on him and disappointed about the contract when he doesn't hit sixty two home runs next year? Yeah, I mean it's inevitable. <laughs> it's it's inevitable. He's gonna hit four. He's gonna hit forty seven home runs and people are gonna be pissed. Yeah, no, for sure they definitely are. You only did this to get a new contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep, yes. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, it you know him slotting into that DH spot. It's it's uh it's inevitable having Stanton that's kind of a line in the sand so they're they're hoping they can get as much productivity from him um keeping him in right field but he's he's different man he's both of those guys are built different those are not your average 67667 guys like these guys are built like they're 62 and and you know they're they're just built different they're not they're not the Frank Thomas type they're not that they are big like that but they are way more athletic so another another interesting thing to look is that Cole's got that opt out coming up too after next year. Yeah, that's interesting. Or after twenty twenty four though, right? It's after twenty twenty four is when Cole's opt out is. I believe and I, we'll see. We'll see what the market yes, is correct. at that. Yeah. What what the market is at that point, and where Cole is at that point as well. I mean, uh, he's seeing guys sign for forty three million dollars annual value. He's got yeah. that clause though that if he uh, if the Yankees agree they lock to give it in the, for the ninth year for the tenth year and tenth year, so Wait, but like twenty twenty nine, he's making thirty six million. He's looking at Verlander signing for forty three million. Now I know it's only two years, but if he's saying, well, okay, I'm not going to sign for forty three million for five years, but how about thirty eight million? How about thirty nine million for five years instead of thirty six million? Yeah, that gets him. That gets him there, or he just waits it out, and and then he looks for another two year contract, like a, as a. He's got to be good. I don't. You know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge, man. I you, right, right now, maybe, you tell me that he wins the Cy Young. Like, yeah. <laughs> so the uh, anything else you want to touch on? You know, with 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 Judge and his contract, are are you? I don't know. Are you surprised by how this went down? Maybe the Padres were going to be in on him for even potentially more money. I think the Padres. Or a bunch of bullshit. They, I mean, maybe they they could have they could have been a, a real contender if they thought the situation was was different. But they have so much fucking money on the books too. They're 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 putting out so much money, which I guess you could say that that incentivizes them to spend more. It does um, because the, the worst thing term, the worst thing to do when you already have that level not of commitment to players is not double down because then you're just mediocre. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a that's a bad situation. 
but um, I don't. I think they probably realized that it wasn't a real. It wasn't. They weren't real players. So yeah, I'm glad this happened. I'm glad it happened early. I'm glad it happened at the very beginning of all of this, um, because now when you're a free agent, you're looking at the New York Yankees. You know damn well that Aaron Judge is there. I think that helps them in free agency. It, it's they they have uh, you know locked in their core. They have some young guys coming up that have a lot of promise. So I think it's it's it it certainly makes it a much more attractive place with Aaron Judge here than with Aaron Judge not here, which should help them in in, uh, in you know negotiations with Rondon or whomever whomever else that they're they're looking to uh, uh, to sign. So I think it's a very positive thing for for the Yankees and for what they're going to be doing the rest of the offseason and for all of us. So we just don't have the anxiety of him not being signed at this point and this thing lingering on into into January because. You know, and February, and then spring training, and now all of a sudden we're 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 dealing. It's never going to go that far. I'm because, just saying because you're seeing like, I, I mean, I, I believe that the Giants did offer him nine and three hundred and sixty million, so it was never going to be going past. This it was league. never going to go up. I, I just, I think we're so scar- I'm so scarred for our, for so many of these long negotiations, and I know they're not all players. A lot of them are. The they'll CBA be players hanging like around. Bullshit. They'll be they'll be free agents hanging around into January and February because that's what always happens at the back of the market. The big guys go first, and then there's these guys that are left there. Like, oh shit, what team is going to pay me the big money? And that's why, like with 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 shortstop specifically, like you saw Trey Turner get the massive three hundred million eleven year deal from the Phillies. There's so many good shortstops on the market. What if you can have a shortstop for a four year deal? Then are the Yankees back in on a shortstop? Like I I feel like there is some value to be had on the shortstop market. So that's possible. I think as you, as these go on, we've seen this with, uh, I'm trying to think of some uh, other comps where later it, they, they've gone into free agency. It's gotten deeper into free agency. They didn't get the, oh, it was, um, uh, what's his face? The reliever. Uh, Kimbrel. That, Kimbrel, thank you. He but didn't even get the last deal. year with Trevor Story and Carlos Correa. Tre- right. They I mean, didn't get the deal and they, they signed short-term deals with options well, to give themselves more optionality with, with another Story, contract. Story wasn't necessary. He was a six-year Correa deal. But was. It, was, it was less money than I think anticipated for Trevor Story at the beginning of the winter. So what? that's what, what we used for Swanson as the comp because if if I think Swanson's a better player than Trevor Story ever was, but if Swanson is left there, you, you disagree, Logan? You think Trevor Story was was better? I mean, he's been a better hitter for his career. Pretty, I mean, last two really years though with Swanson, he's yeah. definitely come up there on the offensive side. Okay, yeah. but they're comparable. No doubt, right? Love is better. It's comparable. Yeah, I mean, it, they're close. They're close, say. right? So they're close. Put a gun to my head. Which one do you want? I, I'll say uh, Dansby Swanson every single time. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I yeah, I'll take Swanson. So, yeah. but if you could get Swanson at the deal we did, which I think was six years and like twenty three million a year or twenty four million a year or something like that. No, I know that's not cheap. But for an elite defensive shortstop that can hit 30 home runs, that's pretty good value. Yeah. If the value dictates, if the value becomes, you know, too good to pass up, maybe. Yeah. Because it's so stacked. It's such a deep shortstop market this year. Um, Someone's going to be had for value probably. Exactly. Exactly. Like musical chairs at this point. The Yankees, I think, need to be in on that market. Um, I would never want to give Trey Turner the three hundred million that the Phillies gave him because I just don't see how that's realistic with also signing Judge. But a lesser value, you know, can be had there for Judge. Another thing I wanted to bring up w- w- with Judge and when the fifteen minutes I thought that he was <laughs> he was a San Francisco Giant. Logan had said that this is my Derek Jeter, right? Aaron Judge is Logan's Derek Jeter because he's a baby. I don't quite compare them because Derek Jeter won, won in his first five years, but still, 
The fact remains, face of the franchise, grew up with that guy. What would have been the vibe in this offseason and with this team going into next year if Judge was not with them? Even if they did other things, even if they signed a shortstop, even if they signed Benintendi, they got Radon. Maybe on paper, you could even say the team was better. But if Judge wasn't there, what would the vibe have been? I just this question is directed at Logan, I assume. Yeah. No. So I mean, I I would have been I mean, I went to bed last night like legitimately thinking like, oh my God, all my judge jerseys and my judge like, I just gotta get rid of it. And I woke up to like yeah. it it was what, what I was, was I gonna do with Jedi Judge? What was I gonna I, do with Jedi Judge? No, I really I really was I was really nervous and I was like like my dad looked at me and he was like, it's fine. Like, it's, you know, and I'm like, no, it's not fine. I'm like, it's not fine. Like, no, I, like I'm relating with your dad because he's he's a man in his 40s with children. He's got other shit going on. <laughs> no, but he was, you know, he was, I mean, he way was too, upset. Way too I, said, you know, <laughs> I was like, you know, this is, this is too, like, this is my Derek Judy. Like, if Derek Judy walked away in, I would have been, 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 been devastated. I mean, devastated. I don't know how I would have, I mean, I was, going through my head like oh, i don't want i don't want to go to yankee stadium on opening weekend and see iron judge leading off through the giants like in my head i was like going through all the things like there's gonna be no more judge jerseys at yankee stadium there's gonna be no more judges changes like i was having like a whole mini mental breakdown over it because i was like what like where do you go like even Ilya said in the group chat like blow it up just get rid of it all blow it up josh what donaldson face of the franchise let's do it he's batting <laughs> second on opening day again <laughs> yeah that, yeah it's, i think, it's, I think it's, that would have been the vibe I think that would have been the vibe. Even if on paper you can make arguments that the team it got better with other players without Judge there, it wouldn't have mattered. It would have been, you could make an argument for that, but uh, it's still the crapshoot in the end of the playoffs. And if they were, didn't win with a judgeless team and they were stating all of these things, it would have been, again, like you're, 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 you're really just heading into choppy waters on a on a on a small boat with 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 the crowd with the fans at that point. If you don't have Aaron Judge as that guy, you're you're really walking into some some strange places as a, as the franchise. So I, there, I really don't think they had a choice. Are people protesting? Are there protests outside Yankee Stadium? You know, maybe for the first you know three days. No more sudden, chicken buckets. Days. No more chicken buckets. But. Yeah, they they avoided it. They avoided it. They did what they needed to do. So we have to commend that. I'm not going out there and being like, oh, hell of a job. Great job. You had to sign this guy. This was status quo. You needed to do this. Now let's improve the team. Got it. Check mark. Big check mark. Huge check mark. You know, that's going to hopefully be uh, something that's going to be looked at as, you know, a big deal if the Yankees win um, a championship or, or, or multiple championships, but now you need to, now the hard work starts essentially. The dirty work is right now, and that's making sure that you surround him with a winning caliber uh, roster. And 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 yes, maybe they believe that they're a lot closer. And I, I don't disagree that two years ago and last year are different stories. You know, I know there were same things were said at the end of the year press conferences, but I do believe they were different stories because I do believe that the roster last year and then after the break, they improved it. They did. And unfortunately, there were some injuries that that took place. Garrett Cole was not the not the guy we all expected him to be. And there just there there were uh, there were problems that that happened. But on paper, like that team was ready to compete. There's no doubt. I just really am gonna flip if in a couple of years from now we hear Hal Steimer talking about the commitment they made to Aaron Judge being reasons they can't extend themselves yeah, for other free. That agents. can't happen either. Yeah, I they know that. What, have you heard that from about Stanton? No. We heard that about other, the, the, we haven't heard St- Stanton's contract 
is pretty freaking reasonable yeah. considering the Marlins are paying some of it, okay? Yeah, it's like Stanton's it. contract is not a problem for this team. Is his uh, inability to play the outfield or, or, or the Yankees' not willingness to put him in the outfield more often a problem? Yeah. Yes. But is his contract yeah. a problem? No. Yeah, they could have addressed that with the manager, but they didn't. Right. Or philosophy. I think that's beyond the manager, though. That's beyond Aaron Boone's decision. You don't think Aaron Boone does anything. So what's what, no, what is, that's not what is within his scope? You think that high fives, I dumb, think dumb throws, the amount of time Stanton gets in the outfield goes beyond just Aaron Boone's decision. Come on. You you don't actually believe that's I mean, I think it's it's him and his team, but if it goes beyond that, it's and the nerds are that's training you, staff, that's nerd, nerds, yeah, it's, that's it's analytics, a, it's a that's decision. everything. For sure, fine. But you're right. The nerds have way too much weight in that in that room. But the baseball guys should be baseball guys and figure it out. And so the other the other news for the Yankees, Tommy Canely is back on a two year, eleven and a half million dollar deal. He only pitched 13 games plus postseason for the Dodgers last year, recovering from Tommy John. He was really good. Twelve and uh, two thirds innings, two point eight four ERA, a thirty percent strikeout rate, only a six and a half percent walk rate. I want to read a quick little uh, blurb from MLB Trade Rumors article, which uh, I found interesting. It says, Canely's 95.6-mile-an-hour average fastball was nowhere near his 98-mile-an-hour peak, but the right-hander compensated by absolutely overloading on changeups. Canely threw his four-seamer just 23% clip against a mammoth 76.4% usage rate for his changeup. The new-look new pitch selection paid dividends in that small sample size, resulting in a career-high 68% ground ball rate and a massive 17.2% swinging strike uh, strike rate. Canley doesn't boast the power sinker that the Yankees regularly tend to prefer, particularly among their relievers. I was thinking of uh, Michael King when, when I read that. But the enormous ground ball rate certainly aligns with the Yankees' recent pe- penchant for loading up on relievers with considerable ground ball rates. A 76% changeup rate? is not sustainable. Why? Because you can't throw a changeup 76% of the time and ha- not have batters adjust. He pitched 12 and two-thirds innings. Batters are not expecting you to throw a changeup three out of four times. That's why he was so effective. So at what point does that go out the window and you're like, he still can't do it. He still, but he's like, he still <laughs> continues to do it. I think, do it. I think, do it. then he continues to do it. I think like, May, he, won't May do it again. he won't do it again and then he does it again. <laughs> May 17th? does it again. May 17th, he's still throwing <laughs> changeups three out of four times. I think someone's going to catch on and sit on the changeup. Until he throws a fastball and they think it's a changeup. And you're like, I'm never doing that again. No, uh, look, yeah, it's probably not that high. But if he's if he's you know closer to, to 60%, I think that you're still getting the effectiveness of, of what you're looking at. You, the, the bottom line is, is deception between the fastball and the changeup. If you can, can continue that deception and, and manage that to an effective clip, I don't give a fuck what the percentage is. It's as a matter of, you know, he's getting the result. And I think that will change. And obviously, you're right. If we're looking at a small sample size, there will be adjustments uh, on both sides. So it's a matter of, of him. And just wait, isn't it just a matter of time until that sinker comes into play at some point? Oh yeah. Like, they're going to, they're, they're going to, they're going to, yeah, yeah. they're going to make sure that he, that he can't throw that before, uh, before he gets on the mound and doesn't throw it. Listen, all, all, all I'm saying, I, I like the signing. I think it's a quality signing and I, and I like having psycho Tommy Canely. Yeah. He's a good, he's just a good one to have on there. Is it a hot sauce addiction or a Red Bull addiction? Red Bull. It was, it was like energy Red drinks. Bull. Yeah. Coffee, Red energy drinks. He's hot. Which, which is ironic because when you see a guy that's all hopped up on caffeine and and uh, and and Red Bull and all these other, you're not expecting him to throw a changeup. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so so I think that like the look of him too, he's giving you all different twitchy looks and 
Nothing says <laughs> this guy's changes. eyelid is twitching. There's no way he's yeah. not throwing a fastball right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I I like the signing. I just think it'll be interesting how the Yankees adjust his pitch mix as he's still essentially coming back from from surgery and getting back into it. But quality signing for the bullpen. Definitely quality signing. Eyes on uh, some injury guys too, like Mike King. I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his? Uh, what's the prognosis on him? Like, do we have a time? It was frame? a year. It was a year long thing, and he went down in June, right? So we're looking at June. But did they? But I thought it was. I thought we had talked about this. Was it? Was it that second grade, or the, like they opted not to have the surgery, similar to Britain? Is that right? They they said he might be. He won't be ready for opening day, but it's not going to be like a summer thing. He should be no. Back. But he didn't need Tommy Some John point. surgery. No, but his what his thing was not a. It was different than that traditional than, ligament. It was a fractured elbow. Yeah, yeah he's already he's already throwing. Like he's already like there's videos of him throwing and stuff. Great. And he should be ready to pretty much start spring training on time. I'm sure they'll ease his workload, but he'll be around pretty much. What about the, the new name instead of Swiss Army? We call him like Weapon X or something. Can we just figure something else out so that it's a little different? I feel like it's bad luck at this point. I mean, he's I'm going to do throwing. a very early preview of one of my bold predictions next year. You ready for it? Yeah. Oh, here he comes. Just just change the name. How please. bald is it going to be? <laughs> Mine so, are just going to be, I'm just going to call them accurate predictions. How about that? <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, it, what were we saying about Michael King? Uh, I don't know, that he's really good and I hope he's back early. No. He, he, he's been thrown for about a month now. And That's awesome. he, back on November 15th, there was an article where he said he, his goal is not to miss any time. Hell yeah. 2023, I love that. He Look did that Rhode get Island Tommy John. He's like, I gotta re, I gotta re-grab this man of Rhode Island, the best player in Rhode Island title. I don't uh, know. It's gonna be hard to overcome Pena. Yeah. He got definitely. Pena got like a welcome home thing. They Providence did like a welcome home thing for him. I saw. I mean, it's a yeah. cool story. It's a cool story. He seems like a good kid. Yeah, until he starts cheating the like Astros. the other shortstop did. I was cool story then before <laughs> that too. Correa was a cool story while they won. Yeah, cool <laughs> That's story. right. Nice you kid. were nice you kid. were a Correa guy. You were a Correa. I was. I was. I was on the. I was on the wagon when I heard he had to learn. He he wanted to learn English to talk to the to the to the baseball media as a to professional gas, baseball to player as a kid. The, I'm like to gaslight like, the media. Damn, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> to, 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 <laughs> to gaslight. Gas yeah, to be an arrogant prick. That's what I learned. I learned English <laughs> to be an arrogant prick. The uh, the other news around the league impacting the Yankees, Jamison Tyon signed with the Cubs for four years and $68 million, which is $17 million annual value. I mean, that's just too rich for, for the, I think, the Yankees' blood for what Jamison Tyon is at this point. Yeah, good but for him. Good for him, I guess. They also, the Cubs, signed Cody Bellinger to a one-year deal plus an option. I already mentioned the Trey Turner Phil- Phillies deal. What was the, the number on the deal, the Cody Bellinger number? Did we know I, didn't, the, I didn't see an annual value. and a half. 17, 17 and a half. And a half. His, his stock. Joey Gallo, Joey, yeah. Joey Gallo about to get the bag, though, because they're practically the same player at this point. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's unfortunate for Koji Bellinger. But good for the shifts. He's got the more, he's got a different swing path that he that the ball has to hit. It's more of a loop. And uh, the Guardians and Josh Bell, two-year, $33 million deal, which is a little bit less than what Rizzo signed for. Yeah, but sneaky good deal for a team that doesn't have a lot of offense. I had a guy that, that, that can provide exactly Makes that. Makes them a lot better because they are a team that doesn't strike out a ton. Obviously, as we know, they they pitch well, so they're adding a thumper over there at first base. That's a good signing for them. They're going to be a pain in the ass next year. They were a pain in the ass this year. They're going to be a bigger pain in the ass when they have Josh Bell sitting in the middle of that lineup too. Yeah, but um, you know, overall, fun, good, so far, fun winter meetings for the Yankees, except for that fifteen minute period. Yeah, thanks, John Heyman. <laughs> Retire. <laughs> yeah, people are just all over John Heyman. Yeah. Anything else you want to touch on before we wrap up? 
No, I hope Rondon's the next guy to fall. I think that that would be a really solid signing with, uh, with you know, sliding in Montas as like a fifth starter, essentially, is, um, you know, about right, considering we don't know what the hell he is, uh, you know, minus a shoulder. Um, so if we're walking in with him as a fifth starter and we have some depth, you know, with the guys, um, uh, Clark Schmidt and uh, Herman and, you know, whoever else is coming up, that's a, that's a really, really good starting five. So, um, yeah. I hope that's the guy because that would uh, I think that changes the the landscape and then Severino you know coming for for hopefully what's knocking on wood full year uh, healthy it could be dynamic it could be a really good starting five. All right, that's going to wrap up the show. We were streaming on YouTube, so thank you everyone for watching. If you guys are listening to this and you want to check out the video, go go check it out and give us a give us a like on that video, a subscription on YouTube, and also a rating and review on whatever audio platform you listen to. I, I have to scratch an inch, okay? <clears throat> so there was a recent review. <laughs> Not happy that we did a soccer segment uh, for the World Cup. Okay. And uh, this person said that we spent 25 minutes trying to convince people to watch soccer and they are done with our podcast. Mm. I don't know how long they've been listening to our podcast. Maybe it's one episode. Maybe it's 10 episodes. Maybe it's all 720 episodes. But we did an hour and 20 minute episode that day. And yes, 25 minutes were with the always cheating guys with Brandon Kelly talking about the World Cup, which means that you got a free, free to listen to cost you zero dollars, 55 minute conversation about the Yankees and about baseball. You could have just stopped listening at that point, but you chose to listen to the next 25 minutes about the World Cup. And then when you were done with those 25 minutes, I guess you were surprised that we didn't go in depth on more baseball stuff, even though I said this is now the always cheating soccer podcast that I am talking to. Okay. Sorry about that 25 minutes that you're never going to get back on your life. I hope you come back and you listen again and you enjoy our free to listen to podcast. He's not hearing you right now. And I will just say for the record, I didn't do that. It wasn't that was I was not on that podcast. That was all Andrew. Andrew did that. I'm not a soccer guy. I'm not okay. a soccer guy either. Okay? I tried. I tried. And I'll try again in four years. <laughs> <laughs> I liked drinking in, in London. Okay, that's what I liked. I liked that. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.